recorded live from the lobby of the Lion Hotel in downtown Austin, Texas. Hey, this is Kristen Kish, and you're listening to Full Service Radio. I grew up in Grand Rapids, Michigan, but I was born in Seoul, adopted at four months, raised in Michigan, school in Chicago, moved to Boston, traveled the world, lived in New York. Here I am now in Austin, Texas. I am Kristen Kish. I am a chef most days, cookbook author, always TV person sometimes. French and Fine Dining started when I was five, watching Great Chefs of the World on Discovery Channel. So I was always following these beautiful European chefs. I had no idea who they were. But they did very fine dining food, that old school fine dining back in you know the early 90s. I took, to, I took to cooking and I would watch how they stirred the pots and I would watch how they would saute and I watch how they hold a knife and like the, the movements with the hands. So at five, I picked up a knife and I decided to do all that stuff with all the random food that we had in our refrigerator. None of it tasted good because I didn't understand what flavor meant, but I went through the process of cooking. At like six or seven, I went to a kimchi festival with my mom trying to introduce me to the Korean culture. And I tasted kimchi for the first time. I didn't love it, but I loved what it did. And then in my brain, I grew up in the Midwest. I grew up on fast food and burgers and meat and potatoes. And the idea of knowing what the pickle did and why I love the pickle on a McDonald's hamburger and relating it to what kimchi was doing to me, I could put the two together and be like, wow, this would be really good on top of a burger. So it really started there. And... Um, I worked for Barbara Lynch for four and a half years, so I was the chef at Stir, which is a 10-seat tasting demo kitchen, uh, and then I took over as chef de cuisine at Monton, which is the Relais Chateau um, fine dining. Before Barbara, I worked for two years for Guy Martin, um, Michelin star chef out of Paris. He opened a restaurant in Boston, and it was just always something that I really gravitated towards, and then Barbara gave me the Italian influence of pasta making. I've lived my entire life trying to hit markers. I'm going to have a family at this age. I'm going to graduate from this college. I'm going to get this degree. And I mapped it all out. And every single time one of these milestones passed, of course I didn't reach it because they were unattainable. And so every time I missed the mark, the amount of depression and additional anxiety that overcame me of feeling like a failure just kept burying me. And I hit a low point. I hit a very low point. I drank, I did drugs, and I was not in a good place. And on top of all that, I'm dealing with my sexuality. So, oh my God, like what the hell? (laughs) This idea of me being who I was with all these different struggles, but choosing a profession that put myself out there in such a vulnerable way the duality of that, that situation just never made sense, but it also made complete sense because it pushed me and challenged me to be more open with myself. And so when I finally came to Barbara, one, she softened my voices in my head that I wasn't good enough. You know, not through like, oh, you're amazing, da 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 just through support as a true mentor of being like, wow, I admire Barbara for what she's done and what she's created. And just having her there was really all I needed um, to feel comfortable and, and to feel like I was doing something right.
You know, TV was never really part of my journey. It was never part of my future plan for myself. And, you know, Top Chef happened because my boss at the time said, you're going and you have no choice. And I was like, okay, now let me remind you, very shy by nature, introverted, very insecure, doubt my self-worth. I've dealt with a whole slew of anxiety and depression things as a kid. Now, speed up to like my mid-20s and all of a sudden I'm going to be thrown on television. Huh. How is that going to work out? But at the end of the day, what ended up happening is I was ready for a challenge. I was ready for something new. And I always truly, truly, um, and a lot of people say it, but they seek discomfort. I am one of those people. I need just a little bit of something that makes me feel like I'm trying and I'm being challenged. Because if that feeling doesn't exist, I'm not growing. And for me, I want to reach the full potential of whatever this life has in store for me. And I need to feel challenged in order to get there. I moved to Austin uh, about two years ago, so March of 2018, full-time. And I came here for the project and the main restaurant going inside the Line Hotel, which was a huge renovation downtown in Austin. Sadell approached me and I just said yes. So now we have a restaurant. <laughs> it's called Arlo Gray. And Arlo Gray is what I would have named my first child had I wanted children. I never really wanted a restaurant. It was never something that I was like, yeah, let's open a restaurant. So after Top Chef happened, I continued working for Barbara and running her restaurant as the chef for a couple years. And then I stopped that and I went out and I traveled the world. I did a TV show, random dinners, just kind of bounced around and did various pop-ups. And I was having a blast and life was great. This whole situation happened. It started with a DM, like all great relationships do. And I was like, yeah, yeah, I'll entertain your conversation for a second. I was like, whatever. Do you know how many of those I actually get? And 99% of the time, I push them to my business manager. I'm like, just filter it out. But for some reason, and I think this was the universe working in its amazingly creative ways of saying, I'm going to respond personally back to him and say, sure, I'll hear what you have to say. And that's how the relationship started. And I had never been to Austin I never saw myself in Texas. I had a preconceived notion of what Texas is and what Austin could potentially be, and that wasn't for me. But I got off the plane on my first visit when the Line Hotel was still a Radisson, and I stepped off the airplane, and I was like, huh. I was like, it feels good. It wasn't hot at the time. And I was like, it feels really good. There's a pulse and an energy and something that's like hasn't reached its apex yet, but it hasn't also like... It's so close, but I also don't see it having like doing that crossing over into being too much. I think Austin is a large, big city with room for so many personalities that people crave creativity in Austin, especially. Um, And that's why I fell in love with it. As we were building kind of the restaurant and the design, Sean Nib, the designer, The goal was obviously to create a beautiful space, and he is so talented uh, at making your eye dance around a place. We also were thinking about how to tie in my personal story. So up on the wall, we have my personal notebooks that I told him just to tear out pages, make art, do whatever you want. And then my most favorite part is the restrooms. And that is, (laughs) my mom would read me the Korean Cinderella. 
uh, growing up. So as I was adopted, being Korean from Korea, growing, growing up with white parents, my mom would always try to introduce me to the culture. So the Korean Cinderella became a nighttime ritual. So she would always read me the book. So the spray-painted text in graffiti around the restroom is the English version text of the book. Over the speaker, instead of music in the bathroom, we have a Korean woman reading it in Korean, the same fairy tale. So it's trippy if you don't know what it is. It kind of feels like a weird funhouse and like odd. But once you know the story, it comes from a really, really soft, loving place. Texas is known for barbecue. Um, I don't do barbecue. I don't want to do barbecue. And there are far more talented people that can do it. My personal taste of like the Midwest has something in common with Texas in general, which is like this meat and potato thing. I don't cook meat and potatoes. But again, I can give you just a little bit of a hint of something that's like like meat and potatoes that hopefully a like true Texan cowboy can really get behind. You know, outside of that, you know, I'm not trying to play to Texas. I'm not trying to play to any one place. I just hope that people appreciate a vulnerable delivery of food. Some do and some don't, and that's okay. But at least I know it's coming from a good place. So however, whatever comes with that doesn't really matter. I have lived since 18 without a car. As soon as I left Michigan, I lived in Chicago and major cities and always downtown. I never needed a car. So when I moved here, I was like, Austin, yes, you can kind of get around, but it is very spread out. So I had to get a car. What I realized is that if you drive any which one, which way direction for 10 minutes, you are going to hit nature like you've never seen it before. On the highway, looking over in, in the hills and all this greenery and beautiful farmland, uh, I remember the day before the restaurant opened. So we opened June 4th. On June 3rd, I took myself on a road trip. It's where I, it was technically my first date with my now fiance, which is also a lovely story. So we went on this huge drive and literally no GPS. I just drove. And we ended up running into down a dirt road through someone's, definitely someone's like private cattle farm. We ended up on this little bridge with this huge river just running through it, silence of just rocks and water and waterfalls. And I was like, oh my gosh, 20 minutes outside the city. It's fascinating. I've never seen nature in the way that I've seen it here. Obviously opening a restaurant, I didn't get out for the first year of my time here. However, once I started dining out, Olame became my 100% favorite, where I would want to bring family and friends and, and visitors from out of town. Outside of that, Joanne's in the Austin Motel right down on Congress. It's like a diner with like very eclectic stuff, but I always get the same thing. I get the rainbow salad with extra dressing and the chicken enchiladas. There is something easy about just going in there, sitting at the bar, grabbing this quick dinner and, and being on with my day. Emmer and rye, I think is fantastic. For me, I appreciate a dining experience through a story. You give me a story, I promise you, I'm going to like my time, period. I cooked for a long time with my head. I cooked from a place of, let me do something that no one's ever done before. But newsflash, everything's already been done before. What hasn't been done 
is someone telling my story through their food. Revelation. I was like, oh my God, all I got to do is be like, what do I love? What did I grow up with? What are my influences? And then I translate it into French technique with Italian love and influences. So the menu and food in general, I think, tastes great when it has a story. Food tastes great when it has heart and authenticity and what genuine is. Everyone's like, oh, it's not like restaurants in general. Oh, that's not an authentic Italian place. That's not who gives a rat's ass about authentic. All you need to be authentic is, is to yourself and to your own story. And so that's my main goal in Arlo Gray is really pulling from the things that I ate as a kid and why I love it, you know? My advice to anybody, regardless of age, is if you are feeling lost, understand that that is okay. That is part of growth. This is part of growing up. You can do the shitty things and you have to go through being a shitty person and you have to do the things that aren't right in order to learn. So, so long as you recognize that you don't want to live in this space forever and that this is not sustainable, so long as you recognize that and apply it in order to be better, that's all you really can ask for. But everyone's allowed to mess up. Everyone is allowed to make mistakes. And it's our job to maneuver into a place where we can find health.